Martin Landeros, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay! We got sound. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to talk to you. And actually, I'm really excited to finally get to do this podcast with you. As a matter of fact, you're one of those people that I, I feel really close to because I know your heart is in it for everybody else. And that's very special. I don't know. Any, I, right now, you just like hit it on the nail right now, especially what's going on. But we'll, I guess we're going to just get into everything. So I'll just, I'll just I mean, we'll talk. So let's talk about it. Okay, so we met <clears> after <throat> I had done the Adobe for All talk, right? You saw the, the talk and um, you asked me actually for coffee, right? Yeah, I was scared. You were scared? I was scared. I was scared because I'm like, I didn't get the opportunity to go go see and then i was working late that day and i think i think it was that same that same day that they uploaded it and i started watching it <clears throat> as i'm working i'm like okay and i'm starting to hear the story and i'm like oh my god like man and i'm looking i, I stand up and i'm looking like this i'm like no one better come right now i'm like man they're about to see me crying right now because i was bawling i was bawling well, and i was like no you know what i'm just gonna like take the leap of faith and just send her a message but i was so scared because when I seen your title, it said senior, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's probably been here for so many years. This is like my first year, like I'm no one. And instantly, like you sent me the message, I'm like, yeah, let's have coffee, let's let's, let's chat. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like I went back home. That's when I was still living with my mom and my dad. I'm like, I'm gonna go have coffee with this lady who was in front of thousands of people, and she said yes. And my mom was like, just be yourself. Like don't right. don't overdo it. Just be yourself. And I'm like, oh my god. I but yeah. So let's break that down. So, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of humbled that you said this because you obviously felt something when you heard the talk, right? I mean, we're both Mexicans from Zacatecas. I mean, here I yes. am. Yes. We were there together. And, like, and shout out to Jerez. <laughs> and you're feeling intimidated, right? Because I've been in Adobe for a while. I have a senior title. But honestly, once you got to know me, and you're like, oh, this, this, this lady's, you know, down to earth, right? And so I'm actually really glad you did this because, and that you're actually talking about it because a lot of people, and you're very young. How old are you, 28? 28. I'll be 29 next month on okay. the December 17th. You can be my son. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting because, you know, the new talent like yourself coming in to these worlds does feel intimidated, right? Does feel intimidated. And it's hard for, you know, unless somebody like myself makes it okay, or you see yourself, because you kind of did, in me in one way or another, it, it kind of made it approachable, right? And it made it, okay, if she can do it, well, let's start that, let's start that um, open line of communication and see what happens, right? Yeah. When you're, it was Max, right? It was the Adobe, mm. no, it was Adobe for, I always get confused, Adobe for all. Mm -hmm. When you said, and when you were talking, and you said that your mom was in front row. I think he, she was right next to Shantanu, right? <laughs> she was right behind Shantanu. And you know what? I, I started looking at my mom, like when I was talking, and then I stopped because I'm like, I will ball my eyes out right now if I keep doing that. So uh, yeah, Shantanu was right in front. So then I kind of started focusing on everybody else and um, because that was a pretty emotional and big moment for me. And kind of like now that I think back at it, I'm like, that must have been, she told me that was a really scary moment for her that I was up. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, think about my story, right? She crossed me over the border. Like, it was always her job to protect me, right? Mm -hmm. 
And in that moment on a stage, I was so vulnerable and unprotected. Right. Yeah. So she told me afterwards, she's like, Mija, I didn't know if how everybody else was going to react to the story because we've been hiding these stories forever. We've been hiding. And that's a cultural thing sometimes, right? We're like afraid because the, the perception yeah. or we, we are afraid to tell our stories sometimes. Yeah. I think we, but we should tell them just be just like how you said it, that, that opened doors for me. Cause when you said that, when you, when you told your mom, mom, this is better. Oh my God. That was like the point that had me balling because getting to Adobe, I'm like, man, I have like, what would be considered like an education. I don't have a college degree and I'm here. And I kept thinking to myself, did I get here by luck? Did, did nobody want the job? Is it something like so easy that anyone can do it? So I kept like doubting myself. But when you said that, that made me reflect back when I got home one day and I told my mom, I was like, man, this happened really quick. Mom, like, I ended up getting here and like in the span of me, the, the short span of being in tech. And then she goes, no, she's like, you've been out of your whole life. That's right. Boom. It reflected. So your conversation and what you said about how you, you know, crossed over and your parents uh, used to pick cotton and was it Baja California, right? And how you crossed over. I reflected that because my dad went through that, the same thing. I think where we started to like really connect was how our stories kind of intertwine, like how you came over in your journey and then the journey that where my dad's from and then where your parents uh, were at in Mexicali, like my mom's from Mexicali. And I was like, wow. And then handing someone over to complete strangers across, that was like my dad, like being, you know, he, at nine years old, um, they put him in the in the back of a, in, in the trunk. And his he was nine years old. And he, he was telling me that actually the other day that he was like, yeah, I crossed over at nine years old. He's like, can you imagine with a complete stranger? He's like, and my face was right under the muffler where like, it was just like this sheet of like aluminum. So I could feel the heat just radiate to my face. So my mom, refl- like, I, I reflected that and I was like, man, she's like, you're right. I have been working at this since me or, or before. And that's when I started crying at the dinner table with my mom. And I said, mom, we made it. Because it's not about the money or people might think if you're in tech, you made X amount of dollars. It's the fact that now the process and the, and the seed that's been planted, I'm like, wow, now there's a new chapter. And from here, we have to go for it. It just blows, it blows my mind every time. Like every time we, we talk. You know this, like it, it's always something that's like. I love how really like like that that happens. You make me reflect so much, you know. Just like you're talking about right now with your dad, like I can totally imagine, you know, somebody putting him in the trunk of a car. And by the way, you know, people for people who are going to listen to this, I mean, this is stuff that happens all the time. That's yeah. The part where you, Martin, you were saying, you know, our stories, you know, we kind of keep them quiet because they're kind of embarrassing. You know, we've been taught to to think that they're embarrassing and we shouldn't say these things. But in reality is once you do, and I did, look, you're talking about your story and it kind of becomes, it, it not normalized, but it just becomes open. And then we're like, okay, well, if that person who comes from a, a parent with a trunk, you know, in the trunk of a car can do it, then God, anything is possible, right? It makes yeah. it possible. I think it's important to talk about those journeys. And, you know, there's obviously differences, right? But there's also a lot of similarities. And the journeys were, you know, we all have to struggle. And there's a lot of obstacles in, in every nationality. But the fact that, you, you know, we all overcome, that's the common thread right there. The fact that we all overcome, right? I, I think, yeah, no, for sure. I think for me for a long time, like the mind, the, the mind state would be, you have to get to a goal. 
But honestly, like I've now, even if it, even if there's bad times, because no one's excused from the bad times no. or the good times. So it's like I, I've I've learned to enjoy the journey. There's so much knowledge in the journey. So I don't really necessarily like I have goals, but I I definitely do focus on the little milestone, the little milestones along the way. And it's all a reflection. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, that I, I wanted to talk to you about that first day we met because I've never talked to anybody about this. And I wanted to bring it up and um, basically saying that was a very important coffee break that I had with you. you That was powerful that day. That was powerful. Let's talk about it because we're at work, right? (laughs) And it's whatever, 2.15 and we have like 15 minute break and you're like, I'm going to meet this Martha chick, whatever. And you were nervous. Like I I can tell like you were nervous, right? I was. And I gave you a hug. (laughs) And I gave you a hug. And, and I could tell your eyes were watery and at work in a work setting to me, that was so powerful because all of a sudden, whatever it is that you were going to talk to me about, whatever it was that you heard made you feel something in that moment for me, just the fact that you had so much, I mean, I remember you hugging me and you were kind of shaking my thing. You're kind of, I was, I was, I was. And by the way, there's nothing, you know, obviously that's something powerful there. And then I'm like, okay, this coffee break is going to be different than any other coffee break I probably have ever had with anybody. So you (laughs) changed my, you know, perception about meeting people too, because, you know, a lot of people who are senior managers or directors or whatever it is you are, don't think that, you know, it's important to meet with everybody we can make a difference at every level right at every level for sure talking to the janitor or we're talking to uh, the ceo right we can have these impacts and it's like let's let's not forget that we are humans working in these amazing places and human things happen and we need to have that human connection and i think we did i think we did no for sure because i think at first we had a set time for the coffee break and then we rescheduled I think for the like next day and I have this thing where like and I was just I was just telling my my fiance that I never want to feel like like I do have to like congratulate myself give myself my own flowers and say you you did it but you still have work to do and I get caught up in the in the fads or or the hype that because there's there's that perception that and we we spoke about it too that sometimes within our culture we put ourselves down one another instead of like raising each other up. So, you know, I, I see it all the time. Oh, well, you know, ese trabaja ya, ya no quiero hablar el cambio, or uh, he thinks he's doing that. or he, And it's not that. It's just you have to keep evolving. But that brings you down. That was like, that, that brings, yeah. So oh, that that's why I was like freaked out because I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to meet Martha you know, uh, she, she just spoke and I'm like, she's taking the time to speak with me. I'm like, whoa. And I'm thinking, because you did great. I'm thinking that you've been doing this like since forever, but then you said this was your first time, but you did it so like eloquently. And I'm like, wow. So I, we set up for the next day and, and I have this thing, like, I never want to, I always want to stay humble, but also like be proud of myself. But I always have like this, like a daily, um, I just bought the book again the daily scriptures or like Proverbs or something. And as I open it, it says uh, that you will meet someone and it's about telling your story and that's fun and it's going to change lives. It, something something like yeah. among those lines. 
So when I was heading out, like I, I would read that every morning before starting my day because I'm like, I have to motivate myself. Because mind you, I feel like this little fish, like in the big, in, in the ocean, right? Being so nervous that I read it again, but I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to it. And I read it again and I'm like, wow, I grabbed it and I wasn't going to bring the book with me. And out of being nervous, I brought it to the coffee break. And that's when like you embraced me and gave me a hug. I'm like, wow, I feel like legit, like, does this happen in corporate America? Like, do people still hug? Because you can't even, I think I said it one time, like, you can't even call anyone like honey anymore. Or like, hi, love, how are you? Like, out of just, you know, and in our culture, we do that. Like, oh, hi, Miko, how are you? You might not even be the kid. You could be the neighbor's kid, but it's just the thing. And I, and I told you the, the, the scripture and I like, it's crazy how we were supposed to meet the day before, but we met today. You told me that you're from Zacatecas. My dad's from Zacatecas. That your dad, your, your parents had on, on their way over here, they stopped in Mexicali and they picked cotton. I was like, my mom was raised in Mexicali and my, my grandfather, you know, he's the one that, uh, that also picked cotton to Sembrava el Algodón, right? And then how you crossed over and that just like hit me like, like a ton of bricks. So I'm like, wow. She did this and we're both here. Like, I felt so proud because I'm like, and then how you were telling your story that you're like, I went to upside down school, sideways school, this school. And I'm like, I'm, I'm part of the school of hard knocks too. Like I have no education. And at some point I really feel like I shouldn't really be here. And I was like, wow, but someone who looks like me is here. Yeah. It's the imposter syndrome. Blew my mind. Yes. And I remember you showing me that scripture and also the same thing, you know, so I, I don't know if I told you that day, but, you know, I kind of been struggling with my fate, you know, since my mm-hmm. father died and just a lot of other stuff. You have shown me proof after proof after proof. And I don't think you realize you were doing this. It's like that to believe in something bigger. And I asked you and I asked you, I said, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not 100% like, you know, Catholic, Christian, I don't even know what I am. And I go, I just believe in good. You're like, great, because you know what? God is good. That's what you told me. And I go, well, God is good. I guess I believe. (laughs) And then there you go. And I think that kind of set the the tone for a lot of our other conversations and my openness to maybe good, right? Yeah. That was, that was pretty amazing. And so after we did, uh, you know, you're, you're basically me 20 years before. So I'm thinking, I'm seeing you as like potential. Like you're like, you, you're going to blow up because if you're feeling like you're, you're tapping into all of these different resources, you're talking to me, you want to learn, like, and you are out there 20 years before. Remember, I didn't talk for, you know, 20, 40 something years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you told me that that's actually one of the things you do with younger kids. You like to do that. And actually, I want to say two weeks after that, you and I were on the same panel and we were talking to some kids and we were motivating them. And you <laughs> were basically like, I think you did some rap. <laughs> the kids were mesmerized by you. Yeah. <laughs> I used to rap when I was when I was little and get into like the recording and everything, which, yeah, it got me through college. Like I was able to do like my open mic stuff and my professors were like in love with it. So they're like, yeah, you no, we'll, we'll pass you. It's those kids in junior high, right? You yeah. down to their level. And I actually learned a lot from you that day. 
that we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes so that they can see themselves in us, right? I, I saw those kids lean in what, when you were doing the beatboxing, when you were just being yourself, when you were being vulnerable and you're telling them, look, I want to say that you at one point were living in a place that wasn't desirable, right? There was gangs and things like that. And you talked about <clears throat> that. Yeah, I mean, growing up, we weren't poor or anything like that. But obviously, there's times where like, oh, I remember my mom would say my dad, if we could do it today, then, then okay, if not, then it's like saying, okay, you know, cuando se puede, se puede, and no, no. So it's like, if we could buy that toy today, great. If we can't, then maybe down the line, we'll see what we can do. I mean, it's still normal. So I think there would, and then as I got a little bit older, then I started to see that, yes, there were struggles. Um, I remember playing football my freshman and, and sophomore year. And then going into my junior year, I stopped because I wanted to get a job to be able to at least, even if I wasn't giving like my whole check to my parents, at least to say, hey, I could pay for my own school supplies, my clothes, my insurance for the car. And that's when everything in like 08 happened where everything was just dropping. And we ended up losing like our house. And mind you, around this time, like I'm a, I'm a junior, senior in high school. My brother comes into high school my sister's in, in middle school. So it's like a very rough stage. So it's like, I'm passing through all these things, but my brothers are too. And it's crazy because like I, we went through so much, like my brother's best friend had gotten shot and I'm having to go to these, to these funerals and no lie. Like I remember going to St. Paul's church in San Pablo and it's me and my mom and one of my cousins, my mom was going up the steps and one of the uh, rival gang members comes up and tries to pick a fight on the church steps and he looks at me and i'm not a part of anything but obviously that's my cousin and he and i'm like yeah well i'll ride with you my mom literally turns back and looks at me such a g and she was like knowing like i had to handle my business but that was the mentality of it but there was reflection and all that so but i love my mom like i i, I mean we live like we used to live three three blocks away from richmond high yeah so we've seen a lot growing up you know, I think I was like 16 or 17 years old when my neighbor had gotten shot and we heard a couple shots and they were like uncertain shots. And we thought they were just popping them off in the air. So we actually heard like consistency. I, I remember my brother jumping off from his bunk bed. I was on the computer and I turned off the screen. My little cousin was on my bed and we had like the, the thick, uh, the thick Mexican blankets, like with the, with the tiger. Yeah. And I don't know who ran through my head. I threw both of them over over my my brother and and my cousin and the first thing was like it was like quick i'm like the thing that could kill someone if is if a bullet hits like your heart or your head so i literally put my whole body on top of them and then after it happened we crawled through the from the girl my room was in the garage into the kitchen we had the lights off and my dad and i'm like just just stay down and we actually then hear outside you know my neighbor who i got hit and his uh grandma holding him while he's passing and sometimes in the midst of everything, you're like, you're kind of angry. Mm-hmm. And, but my mom took the, my mom from the beginning took a decision to like get us out of there at least to like move to like a different school yes. and see other things. And then obviously losing our house sucked, but it was like the best thing that ever happened because it showed us something else. It, it gave us exposure. And so from there, I'm like, you know what? I just got to keep on going. And I don't know what just happened. Like I never decided to be in tech. It happened. It happened because I knew how to speak Spanish. They needed someone to translate. And a call center. There you go. It was meant life. To- life just works crazy. 
Yeah, because growing up, I mean, obviously you didn't see these examples. I mean, if, if you're in these neighborhoods, you don't see that. You're not exposed to it. You're not seeing the Martha's, you know, whatever of the world out there, right? So you 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 said they needed a, somebody for a call center. And it, how did you do it? So I was working at Wells Fargo and this uh, person had came in and just started and we became friends because she had like lost her money or something in a transaction. I, I took the time, like five minutes, like towards the end of the day to help her find it. Three months passed. She's like, I'm going to quit. And I guess she had me in mind. It was like, Hey, they need someone who speaks Spanish. And it was like a couple bucks more than I was going to pay. But I'm like, Oh, there's overtime. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Cause at that time I wasn't doing to get like financially. It, it was, it was rough. And just hearing things about fraud and what was going as far as like transactions. And I had picked a little bit up at the bank and I just took that leap of faith and I ended up getting the job for that, for the fraud department for risk. And I got so like good at it just out of just being consistent. And and this is something that I want to like tell, like, like the youth, you don't, I mean, yes, you, you obviously got to focus on something and study, but it's all about work ethic. It's all about work ethic. And it's like, I just kept going at it to the point until it just stuck. Like I didn't let myself just fall back every time. So that picked up. And then two years after that, I went into finance of being a, a collections analyst. And then from there moving into a different company. And then I landed at Adobe and I had quit that job where, where they needed the, they needed me for, to speak Spanish after like three and a half, like four years. Cause like it was great, but it just wasn't like fulfilling. I wanted more, more challenge. So I quit with like no job, $1,300 to my name. $3,000 401k that I took out because I had nothing. And I applied to like over 40 jobs. Some of them declined me. Some of them never called back. And some I declined knowing that I needed work because I had no money. Why but I still declined. Be- because in my gut, I knew that that I finally knew what I was worth. Good. I knew what I was worth and I, and I knew that I wasn't going to just take that. Hold on. How did you know how you were worth? Like, did people basically like Photoshop give you like, you're good at this. You're good at like, how did you get that feeling that I'm good? And cause that's so important. Cause I think a lot of times younger people don't feel they're good at something. Cause you know, I, and this is a cultural thing too. We don't pat our kids in the back as often as we can. I mean, we, we kind of look for outside acceptance sometimes. Oh Yeah. Right. So with that, no, for sure. So for that, how I knew what I was worth was that I was already in, in the um, in the finance department at that startup that I was at, and randomly I go on LinkedIn and this company called Signified out of San Jose. So shout out to them. I I I love their their product and, and what they do. And I have some really cool friends over there too. And they had a contract role, but I'm like, this sounds cool, but. It doesn't make sense because I'm a full-time employee here. I have my benefits and that's just kind of, that's a risk. Three months later, I check again and they actually hit me up and they're like, that actually turned into a permanent role. Would you want to go ahead and have the conversation? So I did the phone call interview and then they asked me to go out there. So I'm in my little bucket, 96 Acura, probably misfiring all the way. And when I get there, I see a big sign in the parking lot that says Silicon Valley. And I see a bunch of people walking with their badges. And I'm like, what am I doing? And these guys look like engineers. And like, I was so embarrassed because I'm parking my little bucket Acura and I'm parking right next to like a BMW, uh, a Mercedes, a Maserati. And I'm like, oh my 
kind of like I'm like and going back to I'm kind of like with my head down like how am I gonna now the imposter syndrome starts to kick in I'm like I feel like I'm just finesse my way but I have the skills at the job that I'm currently at and when I go I kill the interview but then what happened was that they're like we still need a little bit more so I'm uh, I'm sorry that that we we couldn't do it I actually got the news that I didn't get the job when I went to Mexicali for the first time in like 14 years because my my grandma was very ill so as soon as i crossed the border i got the no so i'm like okay call me like a couple days later and say but we have another position that we would love for you to try so i went back at it again when they let me know how much they would pay compared to what i was making here that's what made me know that if they know that this kid that's going to school who doesn't have an education as far as like a degree right now and they're willing to take a shot at you know at me with this and, and it was like double my salary. Wow. I'm like, I know that I can do it. And the fact is that now at that point, because I see it all the time, like I, I've seen it with my grandma, like, just put your head down. And if your manager gets mad or this, then, you know, because you need work. And, and it's so, so we're always like scared to speak up. Yes. And you, you don't, you don't ask for a raise. You, you just make sure you get all the overtimes. So it's like, we're killing ourselves instead of saying, Hey, I've done X, Y, and Z. Let's just have a conversation. Right. <laughs> So when I started like advocating for myself and I was like, I want this, is this impossible? They're like, yeah, that's possible. It blew my mind. It's just, it was just as simple as just asking, but the most difficult part was getting rid of like that cultural bracket that we have. That do not say anything. And you know what? I grew up with that too. It's because you did, like you said, I mean, your father came here and back the trunk of a car because, you know, eventually he was going to work. That's what everybody, like from a different country that's like Mexico, who isn't kind of at the highest financial status, comes here for jobs. So if you have yeah. one, you better take care of it and you better not say a word and appreciate it. And hopefully that person sees that you're working hard and maybe eventually gives you a raise here and there. Nobody yeah. tells you about self-advocating ever. No one. No one. And, and that's when we go back to like when I started declining jobs. And I told mom, like, mom, I'm like, I'll... I'll I'll pay you the rent. I'll, I'll figure out a way. And she goes, don't worry about it. She's like, you have sweat equity with me. <laughs> so you've been putting it down. Like my mom is such a G. Like I, I love her. Like I she's the person it. who I could like talk to her. And sometimes she'll call me or something and be like, did you listen to that new two short song? And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not even listening to that. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. But um, she's like, your no, for sure. And she gave me that, that. My mom's never like put me down. She's always told me that I can do it. But I think, and it's it's another thing that we got to get out of is that sometimes it's, we always say, what is the people going to say about us if we leave? But the thing is, is that sometimes we have to leave to go and, and, and make new stepping stones, but then not forget to come back and give the information because we lack information because we, like I said, we just stay within the bracket. So I have, I had applied to over 40 jobs all the, all the big tech companies. So when I finally reached like Linden lab, which I love that place too, I'm getting introduced at an all hands meeting. My picture comes up on this 70 inch screen TV and Martin comes from here and he's a fraud specialist. My phone rings, Martha, my phone rings and it's a, uh, area code 408. And I'm thinking it's my uncle. <clears throat> I'm thinking maybe something, you know, what's going on. So I pick it up and they're like, hi, this is Melissa. I'll never forget her name. Never forget her name. Melissa Kittles. Shout out to her this is melissa kittles calling from adobe what they're like yeah we have a, a consumer payments analyst for chargebacks are you interested can we have a conversation i tell my supervisor hey this is an emergency i go outside 
take a 30 minute call. And she's like, how do you start your day? I'm like, I start literally. And like, we're afraid to sometimes express like spirituality or religion because we have to be so politically correct. And I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. And I say, I start my day with praying and say, God, just give me the strength to do the best that I can and just leave it all on the table. And by the day that the, that the day is over, that's it. I, I've given it, I've gave it my best. And then, then I started telling like what I know about this, what I've learned. Okay. I, I like this. Send me a resume. A week later, the hiring manager calls me. I have a meeting. Mind you that day, that day I forget my laptop for work. I have to drive all the way back home. And this is like on the 80 going to, to San Francisco. So it's like packed with traffic. I get there late. And then I'm going to go ahead and have this, this meeting. And it's like literally like by like, like the pier, like close to pier 39. So it's like super windy, but I'm like, I don't want no one to hear me. So I walk. So it's super windy. All the cars are passing and I'm trying to give like, like uh, my perspective on what I do. And I'm like, man, like, I felt like I, like I blew it. And another thing that's helped is that I've kind of come to conclusion that it's okay to be vulnerable. So I went ahead and messaged Melissa. And I said, hey, I think I, I blew it. Honestly, I was like, I was a little bit under the weather. And I'm like, and I had a rough day. I'm like, but honestly, I was like, being, being honest, I don't want this to affect me. Or, or you think that this is what I can offer. There's much more. I'm like, but I just want to be honest. Yeah. The honesty went a long way. That, that two minutes or whatever, it took me to write that email. Yeah. A week later or two, come to San Jose. And I'm walking. I'm like, I see the East Tower, the West Tower, all these like, I'm like, man, I'm amongst like intelligent people and people who I've worked hard. And I'm like, man, and I go up and we're like on the, we were at the Almaden Tower at this time. No, Almaden. I don't remember which tower, but now I'm having all these interviews. And finally, uh, the director of the department starts going through my resume and we start talking. Great guy. And then he, he looks at my resume and he says, oh, you go to Cal State East Bay, communications and uh, sociology. Oh, great. So you graduate. I'm like, uh, no, not really. So he kind of had like this thing, like, oh, this guy's lying. And I'm like, no, I'm like, if you would allow me to explain it, let me tell you my story. So I told the story because I, I think that's how I could express my, you know, and I'm like, where I come from, we're not taught financial literacy. We come here with, uh, like, we go back to it in, in, in the trunk and you come here to work. So like the first goal for that person is to work. And keep put the you know food on the table and, and, and the shelter. So then first generation is like you still gotta swim by yourself and figure it out. I'm like, I didn't know anything about fast food. All I was told in high school was, you know, graduate, go to a four-year college and make money. They didn't say that uh um it was gonna be long nights, that fast food wasn't gonna come in, that if you didn't go and, and pay this, they were gonna kick you out because I got kicked out of East Bay for a week because my financial aid didn't kick through. I had to go ahead and, and get a loan. Mind you, at this time, my parents just filed for bankruptcy because we lost the house. And, and I told paying, the, the parents are not paying. <clears throat> you're paying for it yourself. I was paying for it, and I love my mom for this. This was tough love. She was like, just because if just because it's a privilege doesn't mean it's free. So you got to go get yours. Like she gave me that tough love. So I'm like, okay, I want this. I got to go get it. But I knew and understood that at the time that um she couldn't give me that and I, I didn't hold like any anger with her because she couldn't provide that for me she she i knew that she that that's what she could give me at the moment so i told him I'm like we, we didn't we didn't grow up on knowing I'm, I'm learning as i go i'm like well what i can tell you is that i've had to work full time sometimes 16 hours a day 
drive to East Bay, come back, go to Barnes Noble, use the Wi-Fi there to like one o'clock in the morning. After they close, like I would still be outside of Barnes Noble. Like they would close at 11 and I would be outside still getting the Wi-Fi to do my work, then head home and be back at it again and work and go to school. I'm like, but what I can tell you is that though I might not be done, but I've gotten this far and with no student debt. I'm like, and that's big. Yes. I'm like, as I've gone, I've learned about financial literacy. And I'm like, so, and we're in the treasury department, right? So I'm like, so we're talking about finance. I'm like, obviously that fits, right? Because you don't want to be in debt. You always talk about how you want to have a surplus of this or that. So then I started incorporating the lingo and he's like, you have a point. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, not life is never going to be straight. Never. It's never linear. I love and he, what you're saying, uh, Martin. I'm sorry to interrupt you because I don't want to lose sight of it. A lot of people who come from environments like we do, you know, we have to pay for our own colleges because our parents are too busy with paying for other things like milk and eggs and other things, right? And rent. So we kind of do it ourselves. And I think the fact that you brought your personal story into that interview made a world of difference because how are you going to stand out? Imagine, you know, kudos to the hiring manager, but, you know, how do you stand out compared to everybody else? And basically by you telling your story, right, and how, you know, this your personal life story and how it kind of interjects with what he was looking for made it like, okay, he, he obviously knows finances. He's been doing it himself, right? And I think that makes the world different because on a LinkedIn, nobody asks you for your personal story. All you have is just this paper. Exactly. It's completely different. And this is why I think- Very two-dimensional. Just- very two-dimensional. This is why I'm thinking like, you know, people, if anybody's listening to this, I almost feel like add your personal story or start adding personal things so that people know that you, you have what it takes. And there's another dimension- to you, not just that paper, right? It goes beyond that paper. I like that. There's always another dimension to it. Yeah. And I, I remember, and I had told the, the director, like I, I closed it off and I was like, I'll be honest with you. I was like, I'm nervous. I'm like, because I don't have a degree, but I'm like, I'm close. Yeah. And I was like, I wasn't nervous at first. I'm like, but then I did get nervous as I got closer. And I was like, I called my mom. And he's like, oh, did you? I said, yeah. And she told me, don't, don't worry about it. One thing is like, if it's yours, it's yours and no one's going to take it away from you. doesn't matter if you have a degree or if you do whatever, if it's yours, is yours and that's it. So I told him, I'm like, like my mom said, hey, if you get the job, great. Thank you. If I get the job, great. Then I'm, I'm blessed to be here. But if I don't, I could at least say I had a conversation with someone at Adobe because I don't know anyone who, had a, who, who knows anyone at Adobe. And plus, I never even applied here. I'm like, you guys reached out to me. I'm like, that's already a win for me. I'm like, so. No, that. thank you. Yeah, don't hide that. Obviously, if they're talking to you, it's for a reason, right? Now it's up to you to sell it and you sold it. My thing, like, first of all, like your mom, you mentioned her a lot. And I think that, like I said, she's your rock, your angel. I've, I've met her. She's amazing. Like, thank goodness for people like like her and people, you know, in, in lives because, um, and I think she she does some some of this at the school she works at, right? She does. Yeah. She's working really hard right now, especially with COVID. There's a lot of things that aren't said that was going on. And she's working like really hard with the community right now, like trying to get like these underprivileged kids. It's like 700 or plus that you would think that nowadays everyone has Wi-Fi. No, but no, no one has the means to pay for internet. So these kids are falling back. Yeah. And they don't, they don't have that. 
just like you were going in front of the Barnes and Noble for your Wi-Fi. Like the other day I saw a posting in these kid, of these kids in Salinas and they're out in front of the Taco Bell, you know, getting, we assume mm-hmm. everybody. I seen that. Did you see that? Because they're so close to the Silicon Valley. Everybody has a bedroom. No, we don't. Everybody has Wi-Fi. No, we don't. Everybody has a computer. No, we don't. And, and this is, yeah, it's an interesting time right now. But I wanted to ask you, because we're running out of time, what advice, because I know that one of your goals, and actually if anybody's listening and needs a motivator for young kids, like Martin's your guy, that he connects. I've seen him in person, and these, these kids just gravitate towards you. I don't know what kind of shirt you have on right now. I can see you. Who, who is that? It's a boy, Boys in the Hood, Ice Cube. Okay, there. I mean, come on. I'm an old soul. <laughs> <In> the hood. <laughs> I mean, this is you. You're you're a young guy, and you can relate to these kids. Like, what advice would you give them? You know, what advice would you give them if they're thinking they can't get into this world? Like, what advice would you give them? Man, I would give them the advice for now that I'm not even gonna say my fiance. I'm gonna say my wife because we're getting married on Saturday. That, that's a little right there for Wait, you. What? We're getting married Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday on. The 21st, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And it's what I tell her. I'm like, <laughs> it, it honestly, you planned it like last week and it just, hey, you know, it's been so quick. <laughs> but what I tell her is that let's not stay stagnant. Let's not be complacent. Why, why can't, I'll tell them what my, what I, what I noticed, what I seen when my grandpa died, my dad's dad, we had these shirts made out for him and he was a big Giants fan. Like when he came over here, he could have been in LA, but he came to SF because he was the biggest San Francisco Giants fan. That's why he came. Like he got to hang out with, with some of like the, the rookie players, like back in his day, go to bars. And, but anyways, when he was passing away, he was like, I'm not worried. He's like, if I get better, great. If not, he was like, my new field is down the street. Cause literally the, the cemetery was down the street and you start to reflect like, okay, we had these shirts with this great quote that said, he made it to first base and got established. He made it to second base and raised his kids. He made it to third base, his kids raising his grandchildren. And he made it all the way home and made a home run. Ooh, that. <clears throat> oh, give me a sec. Oh, man. That. Uh, that. It's okay. That hits because that's how far we have to look back. That we, it, 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 though we're going with something, though we're going through something right now, it doesn't, and it's new. You need to reflect all the hard work that your parents, or even, and our parents sometimes might not have all the answers. But then now, as you grow up, it's like, well, how did they have all the answers? Just like how I didn't have the answers for financial literacy, they just knew to work. I can't be mad at them because it was all a stage in life. So I always say that every time someone throws a stone at you or life throws a stone at you, make sure you carry that bag with you and collect those stones because pretty soon you'll have so much stones that you'll be able to toss them in front of you and build your path. I love that. And it's like right now, like, and, and I got it. And my thing is just keep on going and don't stop and, and, and advocate for yourself and reach and reach out to mentors. You got to have mentors. That's a plus. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to, you're going to get no's, but you're going to get some yeses too. You got it for me. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of the best breaks I've ever had. And, I, you know, I love your story so much. I love that you're not stopping. I love that you just, 
you know, reach out to everybody that you think can, you know, it, that you can relate to. And I think this, this, I know this is just the beginning for you, Martin. I am so proud of you. I've seen you be an advocate for, for kids. I've seen you tell your story. And I also kind of see how your story keeps growing and trans and like you, you, you add more elements and dimensions to your story. I'm really happy to see how this is going to turn. And I'm really happy to give you a chance because Hey, here we are from Zacatecas at the tech companies. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's possible. And like like you said, like there's more dimensions to it. And I know that I speak highly of my mom, but um, since I have a platform here right now, I want to speak highly about my wife because she's been great. And uh, we've been through a couple of things, especially through this whole COVID time. But I'm like extremely proud of her. Like um, I get emotional about it. Like she's now going she just got it she took that leap of faith and I, sometimes i sound like a broken record player like what if you want to do this when i'm like but follow what you what you love do don't it. do it for me don't do it for our son do it for you and then that'll ev- eventually blossom so she ended up saying i want to take this uh, digital marketing marketing course at uc berkeley so i'm like let's do it she went ahead and did it got a 95 percent, got accepted and got a scholarship so she starts school december 7th and and she will graduate in april and i couldn't be any more proud of her and so she's following her dreams right now at 28 so it's never too late and for like the young kids out there who who are listening to the podcast like martin saying like if gravitate like yeah i was once that kid used to hang out on the projects you know and i guess i've and even though i'm in tech right now i think last year i said that in the in the panel i'm like you guys might think that we're uppity tech people, but how about if I told you guys that you didn't know that yesterday I was hanging out in the projects, like on the block, but you would never know. But that's what I was really doing last week. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. So even you're going to go through a whole bunch of adversity and you're not excluded from it. But the example right now with my wife, she's 28 and she's back at it. So it's never too late. Never too late. You got to keep pushing. I'm, hey, I'm 48. And I feel like I'm learning new stuff <laughs> and starting new things. It's never too late and follow those and, things. And to, and to you, I feel like right now, like you're, you're in your prime. I feel like you got this burst of energy that, that it's just not, it's yeah. We've got a hip hop rate of that because it's like, you're people like you, man, army, my theme had, have I, had I not met people like you, who kind of gave me the um, fire. Like, you know, you, you showed me proof. Like, you, you, keep, you, you send me motivational messages. You tell me, thank you. You, 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 you. Like, people like you keep me motivated and keep me wanting to push so that doors can open. And when me, people like, you know, in higher positions are interviewing, they can see the multi-dimensions of somebody like you coming in and how valuable they are to an organization because it's not just that two-dimensional paper there's a story behind it there's a vulnerability behind it there is experience behind it that started when you were born and uh martin i want to thank you for being on the podcast finally we did it thank you for having me this is moments with martha peace and love everyone adios peace